Well, good morning, Cornerstone. Would you stand with us as we worship together today? what God's done for us. Let's continue in worship.
this one more time. your mercy never fails us, Lord. And that is a truth we can stand on this morning, God, that we never have to worry that you're far away or that you won't come running after us, God, but you love us so much and you sent your son to die for us, Lord. And gosh, we can sing about your goodness every day, Lord, even if it feels like our circumstances don't reflect that, God, we know that you're good. And I just pray that as Ron preaches today, as we continue in worship, Lord, that that would just be the forefront of our minds, Lord, and that we just all walk away having encountered you. It's in your son's holy name that we pray. Amen. Good morning, good morning church. It's good to see you. Good to see you guys. I'm happy you're here. Uh, we want to share what's happening in our church that's coming up. Uh, first things, a new women's ministry Bible study. It's going to begin September 15th and 16th. There's going to be two times, Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. or Thursday at 9.30 a.m. It's going to be on the, a nine-week series on the Sermon on the Mount. You don't want to miss that. Make sure you uh, contact Dell. Uh, her email is there. Uh, next up, in a couple weeks or three weeks, we have Sean McDowell coming. Uh, Saturday, September 25th. This is going to be uh, an apologetic seminar um, from 12 to 5:30 p.m. Go ahead and sign up. 25 for an adult, 15 for a student. Uh, it's coming soon, so get your tickets soon. Uh, the next thing we have going on is a uh, Pastor Tony is leading uh, an adult Bible study. Uh, this is going to be um, on the second coming of Christ. This is going to be Thursday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. starting September 30th. And it's an eight-week program, so you don't want to miss that. And then lastly, we have Incline Fest. So for those for you that were here a couple years ago, we had a big party here right out in the parking lot. It was amazing. Three, 400 people showed up. We had bounce houses, food. We had a DJ. We had a zip line. We had a dunk tank. It was just a big party. We're bringing that back. That's Saturday, September 18th from 12 to 4. Uh, it's it's going to be amazing. Smoke pending, but... We're just going to hope and pray the smoke is gone by then. Um, it's going to be super fun, and it's going to be wild. We also, uh, you know, this is, this is an event for our community, but it's also for our church. Um, you know, it serves two purposes. It's to invite people here to our church, to have fun, to bless them, but also it's an opportunity for our church to serve and to bless the community. So we need your help. I need your help. Uh, however you want to help, if it's, if it's watching kids jump in a bounce house and yelling at them and telling them to stop, if that's your passion, we need you. Uh, if you love serving people food, we need you. If you love eating food, you get first dibs because you're right there. Um, so please reach out to me. I'll be, I'll be in the back of the church. I'll just get your contact info and let you know how we can help. Uh, bef before I have Pastor Ron come up, I just want to acknowledge, you know, there's a lot happening in our world, in our community, especially in our community. There's a lot to worry about with the fires, everything that's going on in the world, and we are called not to worry. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And I just encourage you today, every day, not to worry, to pray as much as you can. And this is our body, we need to pray as much as we can. So I'll pray, and then I'll have Pastor Ron come up. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you, God, for everything that you've done. You call us not to worry and live in fear, Father, but just to pray about everything that, you, that, that we need, God. We love you. We trust you. We just ask that you bless Pastor Ron and his message today, and I ask that you bless everyone in this room. We just thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Children's church and all them? Children's church. We, the kids are down there already? They're down there already. Okay. We're good. Because I'm thinking your wife runs children's church, and if you didn't mention it, you'd be in big trouble. Well, welcome, everybody. And we're going to call this a blue sky day. You can actually see blue. Isn't that great? Oh, my goodness. The, the, the smallest things, when your perspective changes, you, you can enjoy. And, you know, that's one of those things. Just seeing a blue sky is a blessing. And uh, we are starting a series, just a three-week series, on our new mission and purpose statement. And so I'm going to do the first, there's three points, and I'm going to do the first point. Um, and so this is starting today, and then Pastor Tony will be finishing it off the next two weeks. But I think, uh, to me, this is such an essential part of our faith that, that, that we have to get this part right before we move on to the next parts. So it's, it's, I'm excited about giving this to you, and I just, uh, you know, let me pray before I start. God, I thank you so much for who you are, your patience with us, your mercy and your grace to us, your love for us. God, thank you. As, 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 as strange as the world can get, you have a plan for us, and you say you will use us, and nothing stops you from moving forward. And I thank you for that. We can take confidence in that. And I pray today that, Lord, the truths that we're talking about would really sink into our hearts, that we would understand the depth of the riches we have in you. And I praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to uh, start with, with giving you our new mission purpose statement. And it says, to discover, to discover, to grow, to engage. So to discover who God is, who you are before him, and what he has done to redeem you from your sin, to make you his child and equip you for a new purpose. Then after that, it's to grow in your relationship with the Lord and in unity with one another so that individually and collectively Christ's heart and character are being formed in us. And lastly, to engage a lost world in genuine relationships so that we can gain an opportunity to proclaim the hope we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be active in taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Three simple words, discover, grow, and engage. And I, I, don't, I don't know if you've noticed, but our world seems to be falling apart. Globally, I mean, a pandemic contradicting ways in which governments are responding to this, Christians being persecuted. Last five years, more Christians have been martyred for their faith than in all of history combined. That's incredible. The anti-God worldview that pervades even our own government and policies, it's everywhere. And, and, and it begs the question, God, where are you? What are you doing? And, and, and after that, it's, what do you want us to do? Well, what do we know? We know God loves us. It may not look like it, may not feel like it, but he does. He promises that, and we need to grab onto that as a promise. So where do we start? And you know what? The answer has always been the same. Nothing's changed. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. That's it. That's where we start before we try to do anything, try to save the world, run for office, do anything. We've got to love God with everything we have. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about discovering, because if we don't discover the depth of the riches of God first, then everything else, how we try to grow and how we engage the world, we're doing it on our own power. And we're trying to please God. 
We're thinking, well, gee, if I do these five things, God's going to love me more. And we're missing the whole point. It, our actions need to come out of our, the depth of our love for God. And I, and I, and I think to explain this, um, I got my first glasses when I was in fifth grade. So I've been wearing glasses all my life. But then I applied to the fire service, uh, you know, many years later. Um, and I'm thinking, well, they have a, a vision requirement. So I'm thinking, how am I going to do that? That was before you could have laser surgery and everything. So, well, if you want something bad enough, what do you do? Well, I memorized the eye charts. <laughs> Why else? Yeah, hey, I'll read the, you know, made by and in the United States. I'll read the whole thing. So I passed. <laughs> so that's how I got in the fire service. Um, but when I was in my 40s, um, I got laser surgery. And the first time I had you know, looked outside, I go, oh my goodness, look at the leaves. Look at, this is just a detail. It's incredible. It's just like the colors were brighter. Well, today what I want to think about is the concept of kind of having laser surgery on our spiritual eyes. Get over ourselves. Spend our lives seeing God clearer and enjoying the fullness of God because that's where he wants us. Discover God in a deeper way. You know, our, our, our Christian walk should have words like adventure, excitement. It's like an expedition, an exploration, a, a journey. Because we don't just say, okay, I believe in God, and then we're done. No, walking with God is a journey and a destination. And right now, the destination is in God's hands. The journey is in our hands. And it can be so fruitful. So I want to start in Exodus. So if you need a Bible, uh, Exodus 34, 6 and 7. And I want to start there because this is where God describes himself. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. Exodus is in, uh, near the beginning of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, second book of the Bible. So this, in this passage, Moses had gone up. The Lord had given him the Ten Commandments. He'd come down. He got mad. He threw them, broke them. Now we went back up again. And he said that God's about to send him to the people again. And, 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 and this is how God himself, God the Father, describes himself, starting in verse 6. Then the Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth. Who keeps loving kindness for thousands? Who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin? Yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of fathers on the children and on the grandchildren of the third and the fourth generations. And this is where we need to put on our new glasses. Do you serve, in your mind, when I say, God, do you serve an angry God? That, that, that kind of gives us mercy occasionally? Or do you serve a merciful God that you have to really work to get him angered? There's a great quote by Dane Ortland uh, in the book Gentle and Lowly. And it says, left to our, no, our own natural intuitions about God, we will conclude that mercy is his strange work and judgment is his natural work rewiring our vision of God as we study the scripture, his anger requires provocations. His mercy is pent up, ready to gush forth. We tend to think divine anger is pent up, spring-loaded, and divine mercy is slow to build. It's just the opposite. Divine mercy is ready to burst forth at the slightest I love that. That's our God. Does God get angry? Absolutely. Is he a just God? Yes. But he's, he describes himself compassionate, gracious, abounding in love and truth, 
slow to anger, and forgiving. That's how he describes himself. So let's believe him. Yes, he is a just God, and there is part of his justice and righteousness and holiness that is a big part of God. But when God describes himself, he doesn't describe himself first as an angry God. Don't you dare mess up. No, I'm a compassionate and gracious God, and I want to feed you my mercy and my love. And we have to start there. And John Piper says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Isn't that great? When we're satisfied with our God, God is most glorified in us. Doesn't say, well, when you do all the right things. But no, are you satisfied with God? Who he is in your life? Psalm 37 Four through seven. Here's the psalmist. He said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. You see, God's saying, don't focus on the stuff that's going wrong in the world. It's a sinful, fallen world. Delight yourself in me in spite of what's going on. Commit your way to me. Trust in me. Rest in me. Wait for me. That's the words the psalmist used for us. Those are the words we should see in our faith. You know, the goal of our walk is not to learn more facts about God. It is to know the real God with a deeper intimacy, a relationship. Don't settle for knowing about him. It's like reading a history book about somebody. You don't know what they're really like. You see some of the deeds he's done, but let God be your joy. Let God be our fountain of happiness. A.W. Tozer says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself and what he, in his deep heart, conceives God to be like. Discover God. Don't settle for a small God. We're, we are so privileged at Tahoe. It's just gorgeous to live up here. Just the lake, just enjoying creation, spending time with each other and with God. And we have been chosen by God to be alive today at this time to experience him and be an integral part of his plan in world history. It seems insurmountable. What can we do in a little town of 8,000? Well, with God, we can change the world. And all we need to do is say, all right, use me, God. I'll do what you want me to do. Just tell me what to do. And the first thing he tells us, just love me. Love me, and I'm going to give you the desires of your heart, and I'm going to put you in situations that just make sense. Don't stay where you are in your faith. It's, it's like riding a bike uphill. When you quit pedaling, what happens when you ride a bike uphill? Boom. No. Following God is action. We're walking with him. Don't be content with who God is to you today because the best part of God is yet to be experienced and discovered by each of us. I don't care how long you've been walking with God. Your whole life, one year. God, you will never get to the end of God. We're going to spend eternity in heaven with him still going, oh my goodness, 
I never knew that. He is so incredible. Eternity, studying this man, being with this God, and never knowing his limits. The wonder of God. You know, what gives your heart a sense of wonder? Do we even use the word wonder with God? Yeah, we use it in other things. What amazes you? What do you never tire of? You know, activities. I, I, I love fly fishing. Now, some of you go, oh, that's boring. Well, sorry. You, Greg, yes, I can't see you being a fly fisherman. In the hill, patience of... <laughs> but I love it. I love it, just looking and watching the water and studying it and seeing where the pools and eddies are and watching for the fish to rise and, and, and the insects. And you just notice things that normally you just walk right by. It's just so quiet and serene, the sounds, the variety of the animals and plants, the feel of the fish as you hook it. And if you're catch and release, putting it back in the water. It's just just everything about it is just so fulfilling to me. And I'm sure you can all think of those kind of things. It's the realization that God has made all of this for us to enjoy and see him through. Just not to experience it ourselves. It is the fact that we can be thankful to God for an experience like that. And it's seeing God in all you do and all you think. Matthew 22, 37 and 40, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. See where Jesus starts? What's the greatest commandment? Not the list of 10. Not, not honoring this, not doing that. No, it's just love me. Love me and watch everything fall into place. Yet we fail at the number one thing God's asked us to do because our lives just get so busy. We just start living our life and, and then we just kind of invite God along. It's like, I need to keep you in my pocket just to need, in case I need to take you out. But, you know, I, I just, I got my life to live, God. And I mean, you know, gee, thanks, but, you know, I'm gonna just do this. We're missing out. So when Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind, he didn't say, well, I'm going to punish you. He's saying it because he said, when you do that, I know who God is. And I want you to know who God is. I want you to know who I am because it's going to change your life. It's going to change your focus. It's going to change how your mind thinks. That's what he's saying. Francis Chan says this in his book, Crazy Love, which is a great book, by the way, about loving God. He said, I haven't always felt this way. I grew up believing in God without having a clue what he's like. I called myself a Christian, pretty involved in church, tried to stay away from all the things that good Christians avoid, drinking, drugs, sex, swearing. Christianity was simple. Fight your desires in order to please God. Whenever I failed, which was often, I'd walk around feeling guilty and distant from God. In hindsight, I don't think my church's teaching were incorrect, just incomplete. It's not that obedience isn't important, but it's not our focus. My view of God was narrow and small. That is way too much of how we live our lives. I'm not doing anything bad, so I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Mm -mm. We're missing out. That song, I Can Only Imagine, which I absolutely love, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I don't know. We don't know. When we are face to face with God in eternity, it's going to be so overpowering, we don't know how we're going to react. But that's because of who God is. And we get to glimpse him now. 
speechless, amazed, humbled, worshiping, breathless, awed, overwhelmed. Those are the words. Psalm, one, Psalm 19, 1, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Wow. You know, what a difference the day goes if I start my day with the news or Bible reading. You notice that? You wake up in the morning, well, I got to find out what's going on. Like, what are you going to do about it? I mean, you, and then you talk about it for the rest of the day. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do the news, but when, when you spend the time waking up and spending it with God and spending time praying to him and listening to him, all of a sudden, your head starts thinking different things because that's how God works. When my girls were small, uh, we'd go on walks and we'd call them adventures. And we lived in the country, so I'd come home with a pocket full of broken glass and rocks. You know, that's all. Oh, look at this, Daddy! Look at this, this old bobby pin and this old thing, and it was like it was gold. And so, but what a difference! Let's go on a walk, go from a, point A to point B, and get home, and now I can get on with my life and just, or just, just watch the adventure and the excitement in a little kid as they find a rock that's a different shape or a different color. Isn't it amazing? That's why they're so fun to be around. As Christians, we should be fun to be around. <laughs> Golly, who's God to you? Oh, man, I can't do that. Yeah, I read, you know, 12 chapters today. I'm real proud. No, we have a wonderful God that wants us to love him. And that's why we read the Bible, to see a bigger God, not to add knowledge, just for knowledge's sake. That, that's why we pray, to listen to God and to watch him do his mighty work and be included in that work. Because it's, it's more of an opportunity. It's, it's not so much mandatory. I think too much we talk about, well, you've got to do this more and you've got to do that more. no. We've got to discover God, allow God to be in our lives. That's it. We've got to loosen up. Instead of doing something, we have to take a step back and let God do his work in our hearts and not fight him about it. You know, one of the most encouraging things uh, this last week was learning about a, a small group from our church that uh, went over to Carson City where the evacuees were, and they just brought donuts and prayed for people. I, I, I love that. I love the fact that, you know, you're not waiting for a plan from somebody. You're going, how can we help? I know Christina Fahad has been, been working to, to see what we can do to help, and we put out newsletters and things. And in fact, if you, if you want to donate some money and, and uh, cards, you can talk to Christina afterward. Christina, where are you? There you are, back there, Christina or Matthew. Talk to them about donating things, and we can take them to where they need to go. And there's, there's tons of stuff. It's on our website. But the point is, don't do it because you have to. Do it because it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to watch what God can do beyond just your little donation or, 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 or whatever the time you're going to give. God will use that to draw you to him. Philippians 4, 4 through 7, that rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Rejoice, peace. Consequence. Peace is a consequence of rejoicing in God. And right after it says, set your mind on things that are true, that are noble, that are right, and pure, lovely, and admirable. Set your mind on those things. 
Don't allow all this stuff to be carried on your shoulders. All your worries, all your concerns, don't let it settle on your shoulders. Give it to God. Set our focus on loving God, on rejoicing in Him. Let Him do His work in spite of your circumstances. There's a deep circuit, deep secret of a happy life. This is by one of the Puritans. Unselfish delight in God is doubtless a high attainment. But is it out of reach? Surely not. When to the glorious knowledge of all that God is in himself is added to a blessed certainty that he is our Father in Christ Jesus, this should be the sunshine in darkest days. I love that. A sunshine in darkest days, just because who we serve. The richness of God. Bask in the richness of God. Let him do the work. Romans eleven thirty three. Paul I mean, he wrote two-thirds of the, of the New Testament. And his prayers for the people in, in, in Ephesus, very similar to this. He's talking to the, to the Christians in Rome, and he said, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. He didn't write this because he had to. He wrote it because he was feeling it. Basically, he's saying, how do I get this across to these people? I want their hearts to rejoice in the God that I know, because he's touched me in that way. And what was true in a Roman culture that rejected Christ and was starting to prosecute, to, to prosecute and condemn Christians is true today. I want to leave you with this little story of Brooke Bronkowski. Except I lost the last page. Uh-oh. There it is. Okay. Brooke Bronkowski was a beautiful 14-year-old girl who was in love with Jesus. When she was in junior high, she started a Bible study on her campus. She went to she spent her babysitting money on Bibles so she could give them out to her unsaved friends. Youth pastors who heard about this brought her boxes of Bibles to give away. Brooke wrote the following essay when she was 12, and it's entitled, Since I Have My Life Before Me. I'll live my life to the fullest. I'll be happy. I'll brighten up. I will be more joyful than I've ever been. I will be kind to others. I will loosen up. I will tell others about Christ. I will go on adventures and change the world. I will be bold and not change who I really am. I will have no troubles, but instead help others with their troubles. You see, I'll be one of those people who live to be a history makers at a young age. Oh, I'll have moments, good and bad, but I will wipe away the bad and only remember the good. In fact, that's all I remember. Just good moments, nothing in between, just living my life to the fullest. I'll be one of those people who go somewhere with a mission, an awesome plan, a world-changing plan, and nothing will hold me back. I'll set an example for others. I'll pray for direction. I have my life before me. I will give others the joy I have, and God will give me more joy. I will do everything God tells me to do. I will follow the footsteps of God. I will do my best. Twelve years old. During her freshman year in high school, Brooke was in a car accident, and her life ended. She was 14. But nearly 1,500 people attended Brooke's memorial service. People from her high school read poems she had written about her love for God. Everyone spoke of her example and her joy. 
and this is written by Francis Chan. He said, I shared the gospel and invited those who wanted to know Jesus to come up and give their lives to, to him. There was at least 200 students on their knees in the front of the church praying for salvation. Ushers gave the Bibles, Brooke had to each one of them. She, that's what she wanted. Brooke led more people to the Lord than most ever will. That's someone that knows the love of God and understands there's nothing better to discover who God is, who you are before him, and what he has done to redeem you from your sin, make you his child, and equip you for a new purpose. That's what's behind discovering. It's not just something we do like it's a, a checkoff list. No, it's something we live. That's the power of following God. And I want, I want you to be thinking about that as we start our communion. I read in Luke 22. Because when we do that, when we, we think of communion and we thank God for dying on the cross for us, it, it's more than an act. I mean, this is the real deal. God wants us to love him. And the worship team can start coming up. That, that's, that's where the rubber hits the road. It, it's, you know, it's just talk if we don't do something about it. It's just talk. And we have such power through this. So if we think about the Lord's Supper, Luke 22, beginning four, chapter, uh, verse 14, when the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Powerful moment. It starts out with when the hour had come. Jesus knew what was coming. He was going to be whipped. He, he was going to die on the cross. It's, and and that's, what he went, that's where he went. I want you guys to remember this. Spend this time, I want you're going to be drinking my blood and eating my body that I'm going to sacrifice for you. And it's true today as it was then. So I'm going to pray, and then you can come up and get your, the elements. And if, if you are a Christ follower, you are welcome to do that. And if, if, if I want you to take it back to your seat, and when you're ready, take it. You can take it with whoever you're with. You can take it alone. But have a talk to God while you're doing this, while the music's playing. Just enjoy his presence. Ask him to come into your heart, to soften your heart. Let's pray. God, I thank you. Your word is so powerful. You have given us all we need to succeed in every adventure you have for us. And I praise you for that, God. I praise you would give us a stirring in our hearts that would never be satisfied apart from you. Every time we waver, every time we start to wander, Lord, you would bring us back to you. And that we would be not satisfied in anything like we would be satisfied in you. We praise you, God. Take this offering of worship from a body of your believers that you have called here. Be with us, grow us, and use us, God. In Jesus' name.
God of creation, there at the start before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of As you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born in the vapor of your breath. The planets born. If the stars are made to worship, so light, I can see your heart.
Thank you so much that you never left us behind, God. And I just pray that as, like Ron said, Lord, that we would take that out to the people who don't know you, God, and that we would just spend time like the girl in the story, getting to know you and then taking you to other people, Lord, so that they can experience the joy that you have to offer, Lord. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. All right, we have one more song to sing today, guys. Let's sing this. Let's think about all God's done for us and bring him some praise. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels. 
Blessed rest of your Sunday and a blessed week, and we'll see you next weekend.